This week on Movie Time Machine, Ed and Lorraine Warren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by supernatural spirits. This is The Conjuring 2. Welcome to the Movie Time Machine Monster Closet, your retro horror movie review podcast where we take nightmares from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, The Conjuring 2, released in the year 2016, directed by James Wan and written by Chad and Carrie Hayes. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and I want to introduce you to my Monster Closet co-host, a man who wants to be stranded on the island, Mr. Scaredy Pants himself, Jamie. What's up? Hey, Chad. Hopefully the island is not England and I'm not stranded with Valak the Nun. Valak. Valak. All right. Uh, before we get into our movie conversation, um, what have you been up to lately as far as the horror genre goes? Um, been catching anything? Did you get that uh, Fear Street under your belt yet? Or what have you been up to? Man, I'm only here to disappoint. I'm sad to report that I've been neglecting my horror duties. I have instead just, yeah, I've been watching other stuff. I'm sorry. Have you been keeping the horror alive? Um, no, but I'm going to cheat and say that the shark show that we watched last night with my two children, so a five-year-old and a three-year-old, mm-hmm. would probably be considered a horror film for most families in that same situation because it was uh about shark attacks off the coast of uh i can't remember where in egypt now like maybe like somewhere like cairo maybe but yeah it was like showing like people that had like crazy lacerations from like shark <laughs> from shark attacks and um just like missing legs and arms <laughs> some real life horror so yeah, so real high. So, and we're going to uh, we're going on vacation to a beach in a couple of weeks. So, and Lorenzo doesn't really remember the beach, so that's kind of this <laughs> reminder. And uh, the the first person that they interviewed that actually lost a limb was like talking about the experience, and Lorenzo was really into it because he knew like these other people had been bitten by sharks, and like it pan to her like turning and missing her arm and he just got totally freaked out (laughs) he was just like what 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 but he loves it (laughs) you know like i said like he he likes this shit so yeah i can't wait till he's like in his early teens i think we're gonna be going to a lot of uh horror movies it's gonna be fun i think so that's awesome man you got to get him out on the water i I remember one time I was – it's cool that it was an international show, by the way, because I feel like I you all of the documentaries are always in California or Florida, which is obviously where our sharks are. Yeah. But interesting to go to Egypt. And yeah, here I, – I remember one time I was surfing. Sorry, quick sidebar. No, conversational podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was – my this is when my family lived um, – just outside of San Francisco. And I was at Bolinas beach, which is a pretty big local surfing beach there. Um, taking a lesson. Um, and there was a seal. I was surfing right next to a seal. And I remember oh. looking over and seeing him. They're like, what, what is that? Oh my gosh, it's a seal. So it was at equal parts. One of the coolest moments in my life to be that close to something wild in the ocean. Yeah. And then immediately realizing what do sharks eat and oh, I, I need to get seals. out of the water. <laughs> they love them seals. <laughs> yeah. 
So equal yeah, parts with, fantastic and horrifying. Yeah, with this, it was they couldn't figure out like there had ever been a shark attack along this beach. And there had been multiple shark attacks within like a few days or a few weeks. And they started learning that the like the the wounds that people had were like they noticed like different like bite marks. So different sharks, different kinds of sharks. So there was like three or different or four different species of sharks that were attacking. So like this is really odd, like this never happens. And it's like from sharks that rarely like swim in shallow waters or like what would draw them to there. And I think I missed this part of it, but I think it had something to do with like some sort of tanker ship that carries livestock. Oh, and they found out that some of this livestock had gotten like had dumped or fell fallen into this part of the bay or the sea. Mm-hmm. And the sharks came in and they I guess was like it was like a feeding feeding frenzy essentially. So then they started coming in They're in this bay and then there's nothing else to eat. So they start chomping on people. Wow. But, <laughs> yeah, they were just going to where cool. the food was. Wow. That's right. So it was like a combination of things too. I think they also found out that there were some people also feeding sharks, which is unknown. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't feed the sharks. Don't feed the bears. Yeah, feeding the bears is fun until it's like early November and the rest of their friends have hibernated. And then you just you'll never know what happens next. No. You probably never know again. Right. <laughs> No one might be over, but let's get to our movie of the week. The Conjuring 2. We'll go into some box office here, some ratings and reviews, and then we'll get into our thoughts on this film. So released on June 10th, 2016 at a budget of $40 million and made $321.3 million. I think it was like a million more than the first Conjuring film with, I think, a slightly bigger budget by about 20, 10 or 20 million, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, ratings and reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a critic score of 80% and an 81% audience score. The average on IMDb is a 7.3 out of 10, and the Metacritic score is 65%. Um, couple random reviews here I pulled out from that from Metacritic. I uh, just randomly pulled out a top review, gave it a hundred. It was from Cineview. And they said, director James Wan has delivered what should be rightfully considered his masterpiece. There is a breadth and scale of ambition at work, which really tops anything he's tried in the genre before. Most importantly, it's a resounding success. And then I pulled out a lower review score from Screen Crush. And this is what they stated as follows. If The Conjuring is an example of a haunted house movie done right, The Conjuring 2 is an example of everything gone wrong. You can only retread old tropes so many times. Oh, geez. That's that's harsh. Yeah. Crushing. Don't Jamie. Know how I feel about that. Chad. How do you feel about this one? So let's see. How do I feel? It's um, so let's review. Like, so you really like the conjuring, right? That was like, yes. You gave that's like a four out of five on your letterbox score. Yes. Um, how is this one and how is it compared coming off that the first film? 
So I, it definitely feels like a sequel, and I don't mean that um, in, in a pejorative a neg- way. <laughs> yeah, that pejorative was the choice word I was looking for. Yeah, I don't mean that as a pejorative. It just um, we know who these characters are, which I think this film benefits from. You know, you you don't have to set up who are Ed and Lorraine. Although those are some of my favorite scenes in the original when they're lecturing the students at the university mm. and explaining yep. kind of what they do. I love that scene. Um, but this one, it's kind of more about them and their relationship, their marriage. So their characters are still really strong, which I love. And honestly, like, I like going to England. It, it feels kind of sequely to like, well, I guess we'll take a jump across the pond and, you know, we can't do this in America or New England again. Um, I would say, why not? There's plenty of haunted houses there. But I I, I think the setting is cool. Um, And I like that it's working class England, you know, too, we, we don't see, we don't always see that. We get a lot mm. of highbrow British dramas here, like your down nabbies and yeah, your Sherlock's, which I love, but you know, it's, it's not exactly like Guy Ritchie snatch, which is also fun in its own way. So right. I, I like that it was more of that. Um, on that and, note quick, before you get yeah. any further, I do like there seemed to, I don't know if it was, this was intentional or not, but like when, um, Ed and Lorraine are still in the U.S. Everything seems a lot cleaner, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot brighter, even like when you're in their home, if everything is really bright. Then when we get the scenes and the shots from London, it is definitely darker, grittier. It's I think they did a better job on this on this film of kind of matching. Like, I think the, the costume design is a little better. And um, yeah, I just I did notice that juxtaposition. So but carry yeah, on, right. sir, with your opinion. No, you're absolutely right. And I hadn't even thought of it until you said that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. London's darker. It's foggier. It's, you know, dirtier. And I, I remember you mentioned about the first one. You you had um, an issue with how, like, nice everyone's costume was. And, and this one, there it's definitely, you know, the, um, the family. I can't think of their last name. Um, but the family. What's their name? I can't remember. Hodgson. The Hodgson family. Hodgson, yep. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely, um, you know, their their clothes are a little more worn, little hand me down. They they really kind of leaned into, kind of the, their situation in life, shall we say? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, they did a good way, like playing that up too. Even like their living quarters is, yeah, it was. I like the the aesthetic that that gave. It really did make it feel like it was this um, very like working class, struggling family. So. Yeah. Agreed. And I the last thing I'll say is I think just right off the top, um, having watched them both, I, I think I like the conjuring, the original more than this one, which is not what I would have guessed watching mm. this again, just as a complete movie, but I think the nun is scarier than anything we get in the first film. Yeah, I'll have to agree. Like I mean, I rank I guess I rated these identical. Um, I gave them both three and a half stars. I enjoyed them both. I thought the conjuring two though was a little bit more terrifying. And I think it seemed like it was kind of a different movie in a way. I guess we get like the, the haunted house. I guess we had, there's a haunted house possession in the first one. And this one is a kind of a combination of the two, but. I don't really know what I'm saying, but I, I actually I really like the the jump jumpy scares 
in this one. I thought the the demons that we get in it, like are the the demons in this one are a lot cooler. Like for me, it's like coming out of this. I can't stop thinking about the crooked man. <laughs> okay, like that was like for me that was like my favorite part of this movie. Um, the nun. Well, it's twofold. I like the nun, like in like towards the beginning of the film when it's all that's taking place inside the house of Ed and Lorraine mm-hmm. with like the painting. Um, especially like when you see like the shadow like going along the wall and it yes. goes behind the painting and like you see like the hands, you know, like the fingers are coming out from the wall and like grabbing the painting and then it like launches towards you, you know, and like that yeah. was really cool. But like there's something about the nun's face that looks too Marilyn Manson for me to be like, OK, whatever. It's just not as. I got that. I got that stuck in my head and I can't shake it. I can't get it out. But <laughs> there's something I really like the, about the crooked man. I don't know if it was like I didn't get a chance to the research this at all, but I wanted to see if they actually did stop motion for the crooked man or if that was like some kind of frame rate they did with uh, some sort of CGI. But yeah. I really liked how that looked. It was almost kind of like Jack Skeleton esque. Um Maybe that's why I really liked it too. I guess now that I think about it, you get kind of like the the pinstripes on like the the coat and very skinny, long legs, long arms, body, and the round head. So maybe that's why I, I like the Crooked Man. But I just I love how that that uh, character Batty um, pops up a few different times in this one. So yeah, and the nice little song that goes with it too. So. That's what I love about it. Um, there was, I mean, there was a moment too. I think about ninety minutes in, where like Ed and Lorraine are spending some more time with the family in London, and and Ed's like singing some songs on the guitar, and I think Lorraine's having like these kind of touchy feely moments with like the the girl, the youngest girl of the family. So. Yeah, but it was it was short lived. That was only like five minutes and we were back into like the basement and with all <laughs> that the, stuff going on. So the flood, which, yeah, yeah, the flood. So, um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you um, 100 percent. I and I, I love those little those little scenes of like Patrick Wilson singing Elvis and um, just you can have a horror movie with like great actors and performers, you know, I think that's what that tells me. And it makes the movie so much better for it because you believe this guy, you know, you believe that he wants to help these people and is just doing what he can to make them feel okay. And, um, no, I love that. Uh, I did want to go back though, to the scene you mentioned with the nun and the painting. Yeah. Because I think, and I remember I saw this in the theater and I remember thinking at the time, too, when they were doing that sequence, you know, it starts when she's in the room and her daughter points down the hall at the nun. And right away, um, it shows you the monster and you're thinking, don't go follow that, you know, don't right. do it. <laughs> what are you doing? And I I just I, I think that the suspense of that and like you said, culminating when it jumps from the wall is that that's like right up there with top horror movie sequences for me and i think it's it's um one of those i was trying to think of how to describe it the other night it's it's one of those that like really puts you on defense as a viewer you know like the the film almost changed the rules 
of how the these like uh these spirits interact with the people so i have a little list if you're interested yeah of, let it rip of scenes that i think this could enter the pantheon with so uh cool. one of them's the the ring um when samara comes out of the tv because that's you know if you've seen it for the first time you don't know what she's doing or how it happened so you're like she's not coming out of that tv no way right and then she does gotcha. and it all makes sense um the witch when the witch takes samuel and as you lovingly referred to it makes baby butter oh yeah <laughs> because right away that tells you like wow we are in for a lot more than i bargained for with this movie um and then i have the alien chestburst scene the psycho shower scene um the entire film of the exorcist in my opinion and then um in get out the the rose keys scene give me those keys rose you know that scene <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. i think that that's when it turns and yeah you find something out so that was a little list i made cool i love it that was awesome wow yeah there's um yeah the the thing I like about the nun too, then is again, this is why I am so curious about this movie franchise world of whatever you want to call it universe is that I know about these other movies that exist and I like how I know that there's a movie about the nun and now there's like a, there's like a, there's like a branch now that I want to go explore. It's like in the first movie, I know that there's a movie about that doll annabelle mm-hmm. and now i need it <laughs> eventually i'm gonna have to watch that movie you know like yeah i don't care i haven't i haven't read any reviews of it i don't know how good it is but i gotta see it now so, and this one so we have the nun and we also get the crooked man which i also read is a spinoff is being developed as well so i'm pretty excited about that it's been delayed quite a bit but i do love Again, this like world building of a way of these um, uh, paranormal like being. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. So, do you want to go into? Um, let's go into some favorite scenes. So, you mentioned yeah. the the nun scene, like that first one with the painting. Yes. Um, yeah, you know what I this is what I was gonna say was I love it in that scene too that we were talking about describing where like the painting comes like the nun comes through the painting in the wall. Mm-hmm. Um also before that when she turns like the light off and she's walking up closer to that painting on the wall, and it's just like you can see like faintly of like the you know, like the definition of like the face of the nun, but the eyes are like glowing. Yeah, and th- I just love that. And you get kind of a similar scene with the girls in their bedroom. I think that's the one where like the girl starts talking and like the voice like, this is my house. <laughs> Bill Wilkins. And, yes. <laughs> and the older sister like turns around and looks at the wall, but the lights is the light is off and you can kind of see this faint like image of like a face standing there. And then she like turns on her lamp and it's just like the poster of whatever British teen idol I'm guessing of the time was. Um, But it's probably like Davy Jones or something. But um, yeah, I thought those two, those two scenes were very similar and super creepy. 
so I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't notice the eyes because here's what happens my my TV it doesn't have it's an older TV so the resolution isn't awesome so for some of those super dark scenes like I didn't even see the glowing eyes in the bedroom mm. scene so I wow. I would have I would have missed that and it's one of those parts too where like you I want to lean in so I can see it better but I know something's gonna jump out so I don't right. <laughs> <laughs> so oh that's cool I'm gonna have to watch it on a better screen now yeah. because i miss that well even on your phone so i cheated the first time i watched it on my phone and this would probably make james proud but i watched the movie a second time on my tv which is an older tv it's probably like 13 years old now 13 year old plasma but respect yeah it's it was definitely cool i loved it Oh, Again, gosh. I feel like there's like multiple parts like this that in this movie that had me jumping and waiting in suspense, you know, <laughs> like knowing yeah. something is going to happen. But um, now kind of what I'm talking about it while I'm going down that road is knowing that something is going to happen, rewatching it and being just as frightened the second time, even though I know exactly what's going to happen, mm-hmm. was the scene where the the boy i could get better at like trying to remember these character names instead of like the boy the girl oh yeah the mom <laughs> but the where the boy that's like the he looks down the hallway and there's like the tent at the end of the hallway there yeah that that i thought that was freaky but then the fire truck like coming into his room and then he brings it back and i think yeah he goes back and he he, he rolls a fire truck into the tent mm-hmm and then it comes out and i think there's like that scream that loud scream part they yeah. got me twice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning you watched it, forgot I watched about it. it. No, I watched. No, this is more ridiculous. I watched it. Then I rewound it because there was a part right before he started going down the hallway that I missed. Mm-hmm. So like immediate af- immediately after watching it, that scene, I rewound it, watched the whole thing again, and it got me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no judgment. Yeah, that one that one totally got me too. That's that's one of the slower scenes. And um yeah, very rewarding with the jump scare. I um speaking of s- scary scenes like that that um kind of come back to you after the fact. I completely forgot about the opening scene with the Amityville house. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one really disturbed me on this watch where like Vera Farmiga just is going through the house like gunning down family members with the imaginary shotgun yes yeah, dude was good. that freaked me out and i completely forgot about it from the first time i saw this movie it's it's one of the more like graphic hard r scenes that i can think of in a horror film yeah that took me a bit by surprise i didn't know how far that they were gonna take that opening scene because um when I well, when I first started watching it, I was like, okay, this is movie number two. They're gonna do, you know, this classic Amityville, you know, mm-hmm. um, haunting and yeah, it totally took my by surprise like how that went. So yeah, definitely was creepy. There's a that's another thing I like about this movie as well. I think they kind of do this a little bit in the first one. Is there's kind of like these. T- there's like these dual, I call them the dual hauntings. Like there's, you know, we get like scenes with like Ed and Lorraine and their daughter in their home. And then we get scenes with like in the first one with like the family in their new home. And then 
in Conjuring 2 with the family in London, there's kind of simultaneously like these like hauntings going on in both areas. And then there's something, you know, then everything gets kind of pulled together like in the film. So that's, yeah, I don't know if that's a trend too, but I, I kind of like that. And again, I'm not the uh, horror movie uh, experts. I'm as I'm watching more of these, I'm realizing I don't really watch a lot of horror movies. So maybe I'm I'm easily um, entertained and um, pleased <laughs> with these. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's something that you've ever picked up on, or if that's just something that happens in this genre. So it's it's a very interesting point, and I'm gonna try to come up with an answer on the fly because I think. In most movies, there's kind of, yeah, there's kind of just like the primary evil or the primary scare that the characters are kind of dealing with or running from. And then what's scary is figuring out what it is and why it's going on. But I'm certain that there's other films where this happens too. I just can't, I can't think of any on the fly. And kind of expanding on what you said, it's, it's interesting that they have um, the demon possessing a ghost, you know, like taking over a dead guy like bill wilkins i forgot about that too and yeah it, it, it's an interesting concept to introduce because already we're like we're dealing with the afterlife we're dealing with angels and demons and god so you can kind of play around in that sandbox how you wish and i thought it was really cool how they decided to possess a soul that's already passed on and kind of weave that in yeah, well, I'm glad that you clarified that because that was <laughs> there was parts where I was like, I didn't really fully understand what was going on there. But that was a great way to clear that up for me. So, yeah, that well, is awesome. I don't think we see it that often. You know, yeah. that's why it's like it's hard to place. It's like, wait, that's because Bill Wilkins is not the nun, but he's also, you know, he was a guy who lived right. in that house that we find out. So right. that was kind of cool how they did that. It's Valak. Valak. <laughs> I, know. I was I was thinking I was like he's like actually no it's pronounced Valak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Valak. Like all the 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 wind and stuff is like raging in that room and she's like Valak. Like everything stops for a second and he's like no it's actually pronounced Valak. <laughs> <laughs> it's El Guanquin for <laughs> for scary f and none for scary f and none <laughs> oh dude all right um yeah i was just taking notes here the movie i was going through i was like i gotta just note some of these these uh scenes as like going through it's like because i forget a lot of these so i mentioned the the two girls in their room and the faint shadow the face on the wall that's just a poster yep um I like this the scene though with um, the bell ringing and the the boy wakes up and he goes to the the door with the dog yeah. and like then the dog transforms into the crooked man and he starts he's like chasing him he's like I'm the crooked man with the crooked whatever that was really really cool I like that yeah I that was another one I forgot about. Like I remembered that the bell was a cue from the crooked man. You know, these things, these faint things you remember from watching it the first time, but I forgot that he transforms from the dog. And then it's actually his sister who was channeling everything, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that one, that one got me again too. When the dog starts transforming, I was like, Oh, that's right. (laughs) Crooked man's here. (laughs) 
Oh, then another scene I liked. Actually, again, almost all of them is the girl in the room. So girl in the room with all the crosses hanging on the wall. Um, then mm-hmm. they all start to turn upside down. And I was that would just made me think of like, so is the uh, so just the, the cross right itself, right? That's yeah, that is bad for a demon, right? It yes. casts the demon away or the demons don't like it. Yes. But once it turns upside down, it's all good. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. So so I was like, so if a demon sees a cross, if a demon like stands on its head, right? Uh-huh. Is that a demon's defense against a cross? Because then it, <laughs> then it's upside down, right? Or no? Right. <laughs> I like that's pretty good. Like that? Like that? That's, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah, it's easier with a partner. Like if you have someone to hold your legs while you, uh, you know. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you might get tired doing a handstand this entire time. Yeah. Or just like turning your head, like even like a sideways as a sideways cross, like just as deadly as like a a right side up cross. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, do you you watch Silicon Valley? Yeah, it's um, I watched it when it was on so i don't remember too much of it besides you, that it was really funny you just remind me of that gilfoyle is a satanist so he has an upside down cross yeah. tattoo on his arm yeah but then there's <laughs> yes. a scene where he's like reaching for a box on a shelf and dinesh is like i didn't know you were a christian right <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> oh man i always love the banter between those two. Oh, they're yeah they're like a <laughs> comedy all-time duo yeah so rad no, he was yeah. just trying to fuck each other over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I had, I had a scene that was like unintentionally funny as it was being creepy. It's um when uh, Lorraine uh, wakes up and she goes into the room and Ed's just he's painting the nun picture. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I couldn't sleep. You know, I just had this image in my mind. I figured if I put it on the page and he's like. She has that reaction. She's like, well, I'm, I'm no Picasso, but I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right. dude, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> just so chill about it. First all. of all, first of all, you're being pretty modest right. about your painting skills. <laughs> exactly. Like, I didn't think it was that bad. It's horrifying. Right. If my partner is just painting that. Mm-hmm. And the more I wake up, that's the first thing I see. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, twin beds uh, tonight, honey. Twin beds. Right. Right. I was. Well, I guess. I don't. Do we know what kind of beds they sleep in? I would guess. I would just guess that this era and their devotion to the Lord. I would guess that they would have separate beds. They. But. What what's your opinion? No, I th- I thought you were gonna land the plane. You finish. Nope. This uh, nope. I'm circling because I it was a failed failed landing. Okay. I'll, what were I'll, you gonna say? <laughs> they actually they answer this question because there's this scene when they're in the Hodgson house in separate beds, and Ed says, "I'm not used to sleeping this far away from you." Oh yeah, you're right. I yeah, do I remember just, that. Yeah, good yeah. call. I I do remember that because I remember thinking that having this thought that for. You know, being crazy, well, not crazy, but being very like Christian, right? Like 
devoted to the faith, I was like, man, they smash a lot. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Ed and Lorraine smash a lot. I could just, you could just tell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, it's got to be, you know, you need some release after fighting all the demons from hell. All the demons, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let those other demons out. (laughs) Exactly. Um, another scene I had on here. So when, when Ed is going into the water to, uh, the basement's flooding and get cool. Like Bill Bryce out of the water. It's pretty cool. But in this, as in the first conjuring film, and I think in a lot of horror movies, we get, um, a fast flying through the air piece of furniture Gotta have that, that smashes against the wall and just like shatters into a thousand pieces. So I was thinking, it's like, what would the velocity of that chair have to be to be like smashed into that many pieces? Right. Do you know that? Is that uh, is that in your horror movie encyclopedia of knowledge? Oh, man, the velocity. Let's have to dig into my physics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I no I, idea. Will, I will say though, you'd be surprised when things break. I remember I um I got stitches when I, I I like reached for a glass out of the cabinet and then it fell and I tried to catch it as it was falling, but it like broke as I caught it, so I sliced my hand Oof. and yeah, it was it was it sucked. Um, but that made a lot of pieces and you know that was just mm. like three feet off of a cabinet. So I don't know. You'd be surprised. We just need to you know maybe break some stuff and see what's what. All right. That's I'll give that to you. But I was just thinking like if it was, I would just grab any random. How about the the chair that I'm sitting on? Right. It's like a wooden chair. It's like if this thing had to fly through the air, like being pitched by a demonic beast. Mm -hmm. And it were to hit the wall. And for it to smash like that. I would imagine it would leave a pretty giant hole in the wall. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I just had that thought and I thought I'd just share with you. I thought you might get a kick out of that. Didn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah, no, it's a valid point. <laughs> then um, that is. All right. So after that, we get like the, the, the part of the movie where they say that, oh, the girl's been making it up. Right. The mm-hmm. catcher on camera. She's smashing everything on purpose, like in the kitchen and doing all these other things where it's like, oh, she's been making it up the entire time, which I think doesn't really ex- like make sense with the other things that were being experienced. But anyway, they're just like, she's been making it up. We got her on film. They're not going to be able to get, you know, ecstasy and Ed and Lorraine are going to have to leave. Then I was just thinking, I was like, what if the movie just ended there? <laughs> that's yeah. that's where it was. Just like, oh, she was just making it up. The end. <laughs> they had like 90 minutes at that point. I mean, it was technically yeah. a feature film. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be would that be a disappointing twist? That would be. Oh, that would be such a disappointing twist. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move right. along. It would just it would just fit into like oh the because like Ed and Lorraine are being interviewed on that television show earlier about being called out as frauds and um, right anyway. But that's not what happens. So <laughs> just it's not just what does happen. Thought. Well, 
they go what what draws them back in i forget right they're leaving they're leaving i have it right here um they quickly return to hodgson residence only to find janet possessed and the rest of the hodgson's locked outside Hmm. right right I don't remember. No, me either. Because they... I can't remember what draws them back in. Because they start leaving like they're in the car and everything, and they take off. Yeah, they they discover that Wilkins is a pawn being manipulated by Valak. Yeah. But I don't remember. Is this where she has the... Nope, that's not until the end. She realizes she wrote down the name in the book. Oh, right. Right. Hmm. Shoot. Well, anyway, we did watch this movie, so we just can't remember that part. So maybe Valak, right. like, <laughs> <laughs> man in blacked it from our memory. But, um, yeah, mind meld. <laughs> oh, uh. Let me go back to, I think, was one of the, I don't want, I don't want to say scariest or even like, one of my favorite, though, scenes of the movie, maybe one of my favorite jump scares in the movie is so Ed and Lorraine are back, right? And yeah, we're then we get to see Ed crawls into the tent because the a little animated Crooked Man music box starts playing, mm-hmm. you know, and there's like the animation of him and then it disappears. Then all of a sudden he looks up and the Crooked Man's face is right there and he's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and just oh, I just love that. That whole scene that just I just love that crooked man. I'm telling you that right now. It's like the it's like it's straight out of like a a horror video game or something like Resident Evil or like Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, it really is because he's got that hat pulled down. Yeah. And the big scary smile, I think. So you beady would you, eyes beady eyes. Would you would you add him to like your favorite movie monsters do you have a list i make a list of such things oh i should start making lists though um right now yeah like i think it's like one of the most entertaining you know it's yeah. one of those things too where i had these moments you know like the nun where i just kind of look at it and i'm just like man like i don't know there's just something about it i don't like and then for the nun it's just like it just looks too marilyn manson me for them <laughs> <laughs> you know but I, I mean, even though like the scene with like the painting stuff like that shit was that was pretty good. But um, yeah, I really I don't know. Maybe it's the I think maybe it might be kind of like the Jack Skellington. You know, similarities for me that I really like, right. but I think it's really cool. I mean, I've been I've been like texting you stuff about it, I think, since I finished this movie. Yeah, no, it's it's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I think it's cool, too. And I I will say you're. I love your Marilyn Manson point because I I do think, unfortunately, I have to concede that you're probably right. I, yeah, I think the nun is the scariest though when she's like in the shadows or yeah, but because I agree, like when she runs at you and she's got the teeth going and the snarl, that's not as scary to me. Yeah, and I will say there's a lot of that in the nun, the movie, which mm. I don't find to be as effective as she is when she's like in a painting or, right. you know, moving down the hall. Probably will watch uh, Annabelle before. Have you seen Annabelle? I haven't. No, I the okay. only extended universe film I've seen is The Nun. 
So okay. I'm excited too. Oh, did you know that uh, Steve Mnuchin was the executive producer of this film? Uh, I, I didn't. That's a bummer. Former Secretary of the Treasury. Is that right? Yeah, he, he yeah. is done. He has been executive producer on a ton of films. I know he did Fury Road, which just bums me out to no end. <laughs> yeah, because he is really. I, I think that movie is really awesome. Even though Same. Some people think it's. But here, I'll go through the list of uh, movies that, you know, executive producer really means you get your name on it and you just put some money towards a film. <laughs> right, right. Pretty much so. But he uh, was executive producer on the Lego movie. Hmm. A movie called Winter's Tale came out 2014. I don't know. Never heard of it. Uh, American Sniper. Annabelle. So the Annabelle okay. movie. Um. Oh, God, the site that I have pulled up is like one of those sites where it's just like advert, 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 advert. By <laughs> I was like, oops, should have picked a different site to read this. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Inherent Vice, uh-huh. Mad Max Fury Road, uh-huh. Run All Night, Get Hard, uh, Entourage. Figures. Okay. Yeah, figures. <laughs> the uh, the latest vacation movie with Ed Helms. Oh, that movie sucked. Pan came out in 2015. Black Mass, The Man from Uncle, The Heart of the Sea, Brand is Chaos, The Intern, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide mm. Squad, Keanu, Conjuring 2, Sully, How to Be Single, Central Intelligence. Oh my God, there's like tons of these movies. Legend of Tarzan, Lego Batman movie. You get the point. <laughs> Right. I don't I'll stop there. But um yeah, I had no idea. I had to Google that and make sure it was like the Steve Mnuchin. Right. So well guys, I think I'll give a little bit of money to the conjuring too. <laughs> it's a great investment. Turns out he was right, it was a great investment. Right. <laughs> true. <laughs> truth, truth, truth. Did this one have the Ouija board? Yeah, they had the Ouija board, the makeshift Ouija board. Um, Have you ever had a Ouija board experience? I have not, and we kind of touched on this, my superstitions, and I won't, (laughs) even if I think it's probably bunk. I'm just, I'm I'm not going to risk it, man. It's, I know it's silly. I know I'm being silly, but what can I say? Old habits die hard. Oh, I've risked it. I've risked it. I put some risks toward it, <laughs> but he probably doesn't surprise you, but, um, does not. I, uh, well, <laughs> did it like multiple times. So I'm going to share a story that I did. That was probably really a really mean thing to do, <laughs> but I was at a friend's apartment and there is probably like maybe like four or five of us sitting around and they were all getting baked and stoned and, they wanted to play the Ouija board. So they started doing it and they were asking all kinds of questions. <laughs> and I was just like, this is so bunk. You know, I was like moving the moving the thing around, you know, <laughs> stuff. I can't remember what led up to this, but also like I started like moving it around really fast. The little dial or whatever the hell you call it. The cursor, yeah, you know, what that piece is called. Specific name. Yeah. It's uh... it's probably like the Odge piece or the. Or something, I don't know. But anyway, I was moving that thing around like really fast and I picked it up. 
and I put it on my forehead and I, I threw myself back against the couch. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was just screaming like, I'm I don't know. I can't. I was just screaming a bunch of shit like about the devil and everything. And everyone was like freaking out. <laughs> I just rather I was like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, they are so a- pissed. <laughs> A, I'm not surprised. <laughs> B, that's that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that's, that's it funny. was pretty mean, but yeah, I don't know. I'll probably end up being possessed by a demon someday because I did that. It's like because in the year of 1998, you <laughs> you held the Ouija board piece to your forehead in the demon, right? <laughs> The demon put its seed in you, and it's taken this many years for it to mature or something. I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm just, yeah. I'm not risking it. Planchette, that's what it's called. It's the planchette. Planchette, yes. Yeah. You are correct, sir. A very specific name. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, I think it was the uh, Parker Brothers version that was mass produced and sold for many of years. I think they released it, like they started selling it in 72. Mm-hmm. Just like a very odd thing to have as like an item to sell. And right. Yeah. I was just looking up the instructions for it before we started the pod. And, you know, there's things on it that says like, how do I make it work at night? Leave the board. Wait, I think that's this is the glow in the dark one. But it says leave the, the board and plan shit side by side under a lamp with the light on it for approximately 10 minutes during the day. Leave them in a Sunday window. The glow will last for approximately 30 minutes. I'm guessing that's some kind of glow in the dark thing. I don't know. Must be. Then set it up. If desired, set the mood by dimming the lights or turning them off. Before using the Ouija board, wipe it with a dry cloth to remove dust and moisture. Sit opposite another player and gather around the board if more than two are playing. What do I need to do now? (laughs) Players take turns asking questions and should all agree to the question before asked. Ask only one question at a time. Ask your questions slowly and clearly and wait to see what the planchette spells out for you. This is this is my favorite. If nothing happens, try asking another question. Allow one to five minutes for an answer to come. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for me to bring this full circle? Yeah, you're going to love this. So I'm guessing like most things, the Parker Brothers game was probably made in China or at least mass produced. And Ouija, so I'm on Wikipedia, I'm looking at the precursors. I'm just going to read this, these two sentences, two, three sentences. One of the first mentions of the automatic writing method used in the Ouija board is found in China around 1100 AD in historical documents of the Song Dynasty. The method was known as Fuji, planchette writing, the use of planchette writing as an ostensible means of necromancy and communion with the spirit world continued and albeit under special rituals and supervisions was a central practice of the Quanzhen school until it was forbidden by the Qing dynasty. Mm. So they forbade it, but then brought it back for Parker brothers. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's a way to destroy a nation. Maybe 50 years oh. after the release of the Ouija board. Right. Oh, no, I, I just I, I had no idea that it was Chinese in origin. It's, right. it's probably debated, yeah. you know, right. I'm sure like anything that was like a so old created story for the board game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Cite, citation, Parker Brothers Corp. Oops. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. Do you have anything else you want to add before? Um, Don't no, just to say that um, I, these movies are tons of fun. I'm glad we got to uh, do them, and I'm looking forward to watching three the devil made me do it because we both missed our hbo max window yes yes i know i'm yeah but it'll probably come back i feel like all the other ones that have been on there yeah on their way back so once it's had its run through the theaters yeah i'm excited to uh you know i put on a note on here too i was like i'm gonna be really disappointed if at the end of the conjuring three that we don't get a scene towards the end of the movie where Ed is putting away whatever um, item that he found or got from their little experience into their archive. (laughs) I love it. Before we go, we want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine, Monster Closet Edition. Remember, new episodes drop on Fridays. You can send your questions, comments, and feedback to movietimemachinepod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.